Everybody, welcome to take two of the this episode of nonsense. <laughs> welcome to nonsense with Nick and Quentin. Um, <laughs> we uh, had some technical difficulties. <laughs> um, we recorded a whole two-hour episode, <laughs> and it's all gone. I'm sorry, it's all fucking gone. <laughs> it's lost me. It never happened. It's a wazzy. It's a woozy. It's <laughs> fucking pixie dust. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so it in lieu of that we're going to i'm going to recap a couple things we can recap a couple things we talked about in the last time we did get a little existential but i'm not really i'm okay. i may be feeling a little bit of that today but like nothing as strong but okay so to start off how you doing man how you doing <laughs> i'm tired I don't blame. I don't blame you. I bet you went absolutely crazy trying to find out what the hell happened to last recording. Yeah, oh, right. I, had a, I, I had a panic attack. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Um, if it's any help, I think I flunked my bio test today, so we're both suffering. But. Um, yeah, on to, on to the old topics, um, so, so the, the Twin Peaks episode, okay, so episode three, um, to kind of re, this is so strange, to reiterate what we, what our thoughts were, um, I'm, I think it's a, it's the second episode of the, it's probably only, it's the second episode until season two directed by David Lynch, really good right. episode, they really expand on the character drama a lot more, um, I'm going to clearly look up the characters again just so I can actually name them again. So I mentioned last time that, you know, Laura Palmer, the girl who got murdered, she was in a relationship with the character James, who was a biker in the show. They, uh, yeah, they were together until she died. And after that, he there was a character named Donna Hayward who, well, uh, let's just, James and her were friends prior to Laura's passing, but after Laura... After Laura passed, um, they got together, and the whole, like, a really massive part of their relationship in the show is, we've, like, always felt this way, and, like, if you did, why didn't you just get together? Like, why'd you lead Laura on, James? Yeah, it's just, it's just shitty behavior, and it's it's a little strange, and to be, it is, and... I can look. I can, I don't want to look over it, but like the whole the prep, the fact that the show is kind of like a it's this parody of a soap opera. I mean, sure, this type of stuff happens. People people are not human beings in soap operas. <laughs> they are contrivances that have souls, <laughs> or they're, they're contrivances that talk rather. Yeah, they're, they they move the plot beings. along. <laughs> Yes, they are, and we are forty. We are succumbed to straight. Yes, we are the victims to their to their deeds, <laughs> at least to their. We're passing victims to their deeds, and 
It's still a good episode, though. The most notable part, of course, is the ending. And there's another section the where, room. of course, the best character in the show, Agent... Yes, the Red Room. But before that, the best character in the show, uh, Special Agent Dale Cooper, does the whole routine with... Uh, so I learned this in a dream once. I, uh, you guys put a put a jar in the, like 37 feet that way, and then I'm going to throw rocks at it, and then I'm going to write a list of characters, list of names down who I spec killed, uh, killed Laura. Pretty smart. And then... It's not, it's not stupid, it's just funny. And it's just, <laughs> it's very like, you know, how do I put it? It feels a, what's it called? You know, like the Naked Gun and Airplane, those movies? Oh, yeah. yeah. It feels a little like that. <laughs> and don't call me Shirley. I, 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 never, I never thought of that until now. Right? Isn't it like it? <laughs> Yeah, he is like Leslie Nielsen. Uh, but like at the same time, that's what makes me like it a lot, and that's what's just making me like the show a lot. It's just it's so unashamed of being itself, and I respect that a lot. So, yeah, what 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 are your some what are some of your thoughts you wish to uh, repeat? <laughs> uh, pretty interesting, a little quirky for the the time. Yeah, a little, little, little kooky, a little whack, but um, fun. I mean, in in 1990, we're not seeing shows with midgets and weird rooms where everybody talks backwards. Backwards, so, you know. forwards, diagonal, slow yeah. down, sped up, all that. <laughs> Every type of effect you Very can throw a voice was weird. placed upon. Weird. Um, yeah, but it, that's what also makes it's, it very creepy and very that. effective. It is. It's it, it, yes. It, there was a there was a person with a <laughs> yes, as he so lovingly put it, a midget. <laughs> and <laughs> you want me to call him? I don't, I, don't, I actually don't know. I don't know what else to say. But yeah, there there there's a there's an actor. Don't, okay, that's worse. <laughs> There's an actor like that who who is of that body type, and he did an amazing job. He uh, was very effective at making dance. me feel like, oh, sh- don't shut the fuck up, stop. <laughs> he is very effective at you know being being sort of creepy, being a little off-putting, and it felt a lot like uh, like the whole scene kind of felt a little bit like a Riddler like type of scenario where it's like they're giving like vague hints and they're all speaking in. Of course, they're being audio, their audio is heavily edited, so it's not clear regardless, but it's just, it's dropping hints, it's planting some seeds for things that I'm sure will come up later, and I think that's it's clever, it's really unique. Yeah. For the time, for the time. It's a very interesting place. I would live there. I would live there. In Twin Peaks? Uh, the Red Room. Oh, the Red, why the, why, why there? Why? I like where, when everybody talks backwards. How do you... Uh, wait. I've been up so, since 6 a.m. How do I... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, oh, we're getting tired, Nick. We're getting tired, Spenny, today, people. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to clarify, I'm very idiotic and very random when I'm tired. Spetty hair might be a little based. We'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to see how this plays out. But... We'll see how it goes. Okay, but yeah. 
Well, so what did we rate the episode again? Was it like a eight, eight and a half, eight, something like that? Eight out of ten. An eight. It's yep. an eight out of ten. It's a good old eight out of ten. Pretty good. It's, it's a good a whole old episode. ass eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On to, hopefully episode four continues the good streak and they keep doing good stuff. But okay. And actually, one more thing to mention. Um, we said in the last last time we recorded this, but the character, um, Leo Johnson, psychopath, might have something to do with Laura's murder. But there's a cool scene with lighting where he's talking to Bobby and the other guy in the <clears throat> in the woods. Some cool lighting work with this flashlight. And yeah, it was the Blair Witch kind of the Blair Witch kind of thing. Exactly. But okay, so on to my my new idea for today. But um. So yeah, you guys don't get to see last the original episode, idea. No, but to be honest, there's really only one thing we think we should mention from it. We looked through like a bunch of really bad pickup lines because we're both Rizless fucks and we want to um, just laugh at people who failed, like us. So, and what the best mm-hmm. one we found was, a lady should be treated with respect and with dignity. I haven't jerked off in six months. <laughs> it's still it's gold. It's absolute it's gold. gold. <laughs> Nothing topped it. There's a lot of very <laughs> awful ones. Like, hey, does this smell like chloroform mm-hmm. to you? A lot of kidnapping, a lot of jailbait ones. I will admit, though, there's one that should I did that was along those lines, which I did kind of laugh at. I mean, we all we all giggled at them. That's because they're super fucked up. But there's one where it's like, the last girl escaped. So you want to see my basement? Yeah, a lot of those. <laughs> that was just. It's just pretty good, but okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about school today, or not really about school today, but more about school recently. So okay. this semester I'm taking creative writing. It's been a very excellent class. I've loved practically every minute of it. I cannot well, spend a lot of minutes on it, but yeah. Say you complained about it. Uh, how so? When when did I complain? I mean, I I've probably complained about there it. There was like, one or something. Oh, that delinquent essay. Yeah, that one wasn't really. That ended up being actually not as bad as I thought. I uh, was a little off put by it. And granted, I did not love the process of looking at myself in such a horrible light. But then again, none of us have a good self image here. So we kind of, it's kind of natural. <laughs> yeah. So, but eventually it did kind of end up being pretty okay. I did pull back a little bit on some things that, that was just for the sake of my own. I'll I'll just say uh, stability and comfort sharing it around. Um, but yeah, I it was okay in the end. I got it done. wasn't that bad. But recently, I was given a lot more of a cool assignment called a lyric essay. Oh, now, do, you, do you know what that is? I think you. I think I remember you saying something about that. Essentially, it's an essay written in the form of a poem, or at least it's written as if it is one. Okay. It's very, it's not meant to be very concrete and very like, on Thursday, April 12th, 2014, I went to Applebee's and I got diarrhea. It's not <laughs> like, you know, that straightforward. It's, it's very, How it's very subjective. And, uh, yeah, I definitely did not pull from your experience. Anywho, so I was, I was thinking that I made this, I wrote this last night, a span of like an hour, hour and a half, and I feel like mm-hmm. it'd be cool to read it so you can give some thoughts. All right. It's not very long, it's about two pages. Um, and yeah, we'll just let me know if you have any audio issues. 
Have I been clear so far? Yeah, you've been sounding good. Okay, I've been sounding fine. Okay, let's, let's see how this goes. So, quasi story time, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is going to be a little hard to understand, probably at some points, but that's because that's just the nature of how these things are written. And to put it to kind of I don't know to set you up for it, this is about my brain. How about that? Oh, about boy. my brain. That could be dangerous. Yeah, so it's called in a week. Let's uh, let's see. All right. Dull orange glows blanket the blue bedroom. From corner to corner, I paced. Too tired to scream, but awake enough to think. I used to keep pictures of her in the bluest part of my wall. I threw them out months ago after I got to college. These last few months have been both a blur and a slog. A familiar interaction of questioning states of being. It hurts a lot. Especially how the spot was where I found myself after that gnawing night came and went. I stopped pacing and I looked up at my ceiling. You're the lighthouse in my universe, I whispered. She used to say that all the time, with coruscating lipstick from mouth to cheek, fluctuating hair from head to elbow, carefree angel. I saw her last at my sister's final show choir performance. We traded a glance, and that was it. Words immeasurable, never uttered. Another one out of many is what I am now. I get it. It was my fault somehow, somewhere, sometime anyway. I feel the warmth of the orange lustering out of my eyes and into the night sky. My therapy session with Serenity went over time. Who would have guessed I'd pay after all? Maybe this is how things should be now, is what my friends all say. I usually agree because it makes sense. Or rather, it sets my unhinged chihuahua brain to sleep. Man, it loves to go to the worst places. The other day, I caught it roaming over Michigan on its way back to Boston. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the pest control call. I love my friends with all my heart. Truthfully, I've never been surrounded by more love. It, can't e it can even be compared to the lovely soft Polaroids of childhood. Large suburban houses with Christmas trees, cute, cute cats, living room with my picture in the middle. This whack form of grief I've been dealing with often takes me back there again. It's nice, truly. I've never been more lonely. Hey, Mr. Boswell, I greeted. It was 8 a.m. after all. Warden Quinton, how are you? All right, I've been living and keeping afloat, I'm asked. Sounds good. You got finals coming up? A few, a couple tests, a project, and a loud head to work around. So you're stressed. Yeah, that wraps it all in a bow. Boswell then laughed a little. Well, you're a college student, and you have those and you have those responsibilities. It comes and slowly will go. It's been like this for five weeks, sir. I don't know sometimes whether I'm actually present or if I'm off somewhere far, far away from here. Hmm. You're trying to find comfort. Guess so. I've pulled through having a bunch of tests and whatnot pretty close together in the past, but this time it feels different. How so? Because I don't know where any of this is going to take me or what's, what any of it's going to do for me. Try not to think about that. Try this. What do you think you're doing? Taking classes to see where I fit or what I like. I'm also just trying to cover some credits. Then passing or completing all these finals is part of that. You find your way through these things with little nods and mistakes. You're learning, Quentin. Guess you're right. I just screwed myself over. Why? Because I can't focus entirely on what I want. Well, what do you want? To be loved, good, and feel happy? To get a sign that all of it means something? That, that I mean something? You have friends, don't you? Yeah. Do they make you happy? Do you feel safe with them? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, 
Yeah, they do. How does that make you feel? Good. Like I'm worthwhile somehow. Focus on that. Just focus on that. I wish I could have said goodbye to Mr. Boswell. I slept in my alarm the day of our last appointment. He was the first therapist to really get down to the roots of the roots of my nonsensical flow of thoughts and emotions. I have issues. Some diagnosed, but I had a real good time naming some. My anxiety about how I walk and talk is named Theodore. My recurring need for a girlfriend, even though I need to work on myself a lot more, is named Lance. My confusion about it all is named Bo. To name a few. They grew up with me throughout the years. Started off simple, and now I, I don't know how to accept that things are better than they were. I frame the green of bushes and trees in a withered brown because they look like the place that cut me open and, and eviscerated the good thing I had going. Thinking about it, though, could make a gnarly tattoo. I found myself for the first time when I took the corkscrew quilled sword out of the bonfire. The blue room is decorated with the pieces of myself I collected on the way here. I can put them together and find what looks like me. Distorted, but still me. Even after everything, it's still me. I've fought and fought for the ability to even give myself the option to move on. What lies ahead, what lies here now, is better than what it was. Out there in the unending gray lies a hill. Upon it stands a Camelot from Age's Diamond Divine. I stumbled upon it when I was much more open to the concept of inconsistency. I entered through the gates and I saw her again. We traded a glance one more time. I didn't flinch. I nodded and left. I've never been more me. There you go. Wow. First of all, very raw. There's a lot of emotion in, in that. Thank you. I I wasn't trying to... I mean, in everything I try to make now, I try to be honest and authentic to the subject matter I'm trying to talk about, whether it's my, what was the my name loneliness of this or my... It's called In a Week. It's, after, it's named after my favorite love song. I... I... I don't have any words. I, I really liked it. Thanks, man. That means a lot. This is my first attempt at making something like this, and it made it was really rewarding to make because it was such a vague assignment I was given. I was like, "How the hell do you? What do you mean write an essay like a poem? <laughs> That's they're meant to be short and they're not really meant to be clear. So how am I meant to make a right. point, but also not make a point, but also try and be evocative while not even trying to be?" descriptive <laughs> well okay well your storytelling was very different to how you could have done it in like a regular essay form yeah that was that was the most fun part of it all was just how do i what do i place these events how do i put them together and when do i when do i really plant like the the really key parts because like when i was making it i had like a few checkpoints down it was mm-hmm. the, the quote lighthouse in my universe it was the appointment with my my therapist and then it was and then it was the end about me seeing her again at the seeing this person well i guess to clarify my ex again at mm-hmm. another show but the, the in the in the uh in the first paragraph um well on the second technically um after the quote your light my universe that was the first time i saw her after we broke up like in person I was a bit confused. 
I I thought we were friends. I thought we were fine, but that's not how I I guess I misinterpreted that we weren't on talking terms, and that's fine. I just I just didn't know. I went recently back for my sister's final show show showcase. Mm-hmm. And I saw her again, but I when I saw her, I was like, yeah, I know what this is now. I'm okay. I know what to expect. Truthfully, I've it feels like yeah. a very therapeutic poem for you. It, yeah, it felt good to make, and um, I've been. I, I need to tell you some good news, though, Nick. I've been getting out of this really difficult time in school, and I'm narrowing things down a little more in what I'm like and what I want. Um, Yay. Good. I'm going to be taking a music class. Of the, it's not going to be music theory. It's going to be, I think, uh, history, music, and cinema. Ooh. And I'll be taking that online. I'm going to be applying for Chair Joe's. Maybe um, there's this... Um, like the, Maybe like the Cub Foods close to my house. Uh, don't do that. Don't do Cub. All right, never mind. Nope. Uh, nope. Don't do that. Okay, I will not do that. Then I'll look around for other places. But Trader Joe's is egregious. Actually, just don't work in retail. Just don't work in retail. Yeah, I, I, I have options. I'll still fuck around. But what were you gonna say? Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I think all I said was Cub is egregious and. Yeah, um, I am proud of it. Considering how short, considering how little time I make it, it, I did. Yes. Did you get a grade? Uh, he, he, my teacher doesn't grade stuff. He just goes, "Good job." Because <laughs> well, that sucks. Well, he does. He gives feedback. Like, oh, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I have something else to show you. I have okay. written poems, short fictions, a lot of stuff for this class. A lot of things that I think you might, you might really like, but. Um, I need to look back at Canvas quickly. The Canvas, by the way, people, is a site that our schools use for you know assignments and whatnot. A lot of, a lot of colleges use it, but like you know, just for mine doesn't. Yeah, Hennepin County doesn't, but a lot of schools do. Arnold High School did Jeff- though. Yeah, Jefferson did. Okay, so my teacher's amazing though. His name is Brandon. He's a really kind guy. Um, nice. Yeah, micro stories and I have a crap ton of micro stories. If you want to hear those too. You might like you might like those because they're kind of written pretty similarly. All right. All right. I might. Uh, this is the poem episode. As this is my homework episode, which <laughs> I basically it's basically a a peer review, but I can only get one opinion <laughs> at least directly to me. <laughs> uh, actually, no, maybe. Actually, Nick, would it be possible for us to open up like a like a survey in the in, in the? Oh yeah. I know we did. I know we did yeah. it once for the. For like the Twin Peaks, but would would it be like available to like give like opinions on any of this stuff? Like, what would you guys like? Yeah, we can do. You, guys think? you can write like comments in. Yeah, if, well, if he, if any guys feel like any of these works are <clears throat> worthwhile, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> fuck, worthwhile enough to um, I don't write any feedback. I'd love to hear it. I'm I'm improving. I am not perfect. At any point during this reading, I never want to come off as I know what I'm doing or I'm. I, 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 I'm a college student, man. I'm stupid. I am just a human being. Please, please tell me what you think could be better. And what do you think I did well? Because I love to hear both. And believe me, getting that lyric essay, I the other essay I wrote, the delinquent one, got a lot of criticism from, <laughs> from my teacher. So I tried what to... What did you do? Well, I mean, I guess I just... 
he was he was kind of upset that I pulled back. Oh. Uh... So like I was just a little more like, okay, fine, I'm just gonna trauma dump. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, I I don't know any I don't really have any opinions on the lyric essay yet though. So that's that. But okay. Uh, let's see. What's some what's some ones I think I could see here. All right. Uh, start off with a bit of a funny one, shall we? <clears throat> None of these have titles, so if any of you want to like refer to them, just say like the first line. I'll try reading them pretty slowly so you guys can clearly hear them. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's okay. That's a big fucking dog, man. I thought. It was a golden greyhound standing next to its owner. It stood at about 32 inches tall, a bit larger than average. It also had a lot more body fat than a normal dog which breed would have. It was still friendly, though. His name was Carlos. He gave me the doggo rundown. That includes stiffing of the hands and a brief trip of the private regions, looping back to the arms, looking from the forearm to down to the hand, and finishing off with contemplation of repeating the process over and over again. I must have passed because I walked away after I did the shtick once. I had a dog once. Her name was Georgia. She was of multiple breeds, so she was a mutt. She loved against anything and everything that would greet her. At the same time, though, she never wanted people to get too close. She was abused by her previous family when she met mine. She had a long period, of, long period of developing trust in us and the love we were trying to give her. She passed away last year. Carlos reminded me of her. That's that. That's one. That was not a funny one. I just saw the first line. And I forgot the second half. <laughs> you good? Yeah, that's just it's a little sad. It is sad. All right, let's actually. Here we go. This is a this little peek into the life here at the U. White okay. grass, orange trees, tired flowers, misspoken hurricanes, lost child, one eye, blind kitten, hopeless glasses case, dust immigrating, dry skin shimmering, lights to lose, butterflies with booze, love is a cue, good handwriting, poor descriptions, another day done. I saw these things during a four-day period while I was observing people at the train station. It's a wonder how much happens in the dull corners of the city. Maybe you should, maybe you should spend some more time there. You may see something that, that can surprise you. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is this is uh, this is written in the form of like this is in the format of like a text conversation. Mm-hmm. 10:39 p.m. You awake? 10.43. Yeah, doing okay. 10.44. I'm alive. You? 10.44. Sort of. Work was long and my classes were slow. 10.45. Yeah, I had a similar day. Norwegian and journalism were slow, but at least I don't have a fucking lab report to write this week. 10.47. Lucky. God, I have a shit ton of Excel work, because my group loves to not do their work. 10.48. I mean, I'm struggling to keep up with the weeks of reading I haven't done, so there's that. 10.48. Well, we, we both have our issues. That's how life is right now. 10.49. It's not going to change, is it? 10.50. I don't know. I'm not the person you want to ask. I like that one. Yeah, I, it's... I'm pretty sure you might... I'm all this, It's based after an actual conversation I had with a friend of mine. I'll just text you her name quickly. 
Um, you you probably don't know her all that well, but you might. I don't know. I mean, do you recognize the name? Um, no. no. Well, she wasn't really close with anyone in our in our group. She was the person I went to um, to actually complain about show choir and theater, <laughs> like all oh. the time. <laughs> oh. Well, okay, mainly theater, not as much show choir, but I still like had my my problems with stuff in that. So. Yeah. She was always very kind about that, and then she and I we talk a lot. So yeah. All right. Here's one more. Then I think actually, if you want, I have a actual like short story I could read if you want. It's called Enduring okay. Light. Yeah, might, might as well. I don't know. Got nothing. Title already. Yeah. All right. First of all, another another microfiction. I saw a man walk into a poetry shop the other day. He wanted a some Edgar. I saw a man walk into a poetry poetry shop the other day. Oh, okay. He wanted some Edgar Allan Poe. Bad, bad sign. He had a yellow and purple scarf on. I assumed he was a Vikings fan. Wonder how he spent his time during the Super Bowl. I spent it watching TV, waiting for Philadelphia to be set on fire and victory or defeat. I laid in the dark last night, waiting for the punchline to kick in. Spoiler alert, they didn't. There you go. All right. That that was a very wavy one. Wavy? <laughs> yeah. A lot of turns. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just sort of... <laughs> I, I was walking through, like, the mall, which is, like, the main, like, college part of my campus, and I saw, like, a bunch of people, like, with, you know, football gear on, and there's another student, oh, like, yeah. writing something, and I was like, huh, okay, I'll just try to make something out of that, and then, yeah. The way it's written is how I found the inspiration it's left and right out of nowhere. <laughs> But okay, so yeah, this this flash fiction, I mean, it's it's a little short story compared to everything else. It's called Enduring Light. Um, it's about it's about a mob boss and his favorite lackey talking about how he owes him money. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's all the context you need. Yeah. All right. As he sat and waited in an empty room under the single light hanging over him, all he had was a wooden table and a chair he was sitting on, with a gun he held steadily underneath the table. The diabolically dignified Dante DeLuca had an appointment with his underling, Rizzo Rousseau. Rousseau was late to pay back a hefty loan DeLuca gave to him to send his sister to a mental hospital, which technically made him undignified in his, in his family. DeLuca wanted to speak to him, though, yet he was, ready, he was ready to do whatever was necessary to preserve the reputation of his empire. Once the sun abandoned the filthy city at 6 p.m., Rousseau entered the room. Sorry, boss. Uh, the pigs are on my ass, Rousseau sheepishly muttered. Relax, Rousseau. Take a seat. You may be late, but I'm happy you're here. DeLuca responded in a deep, convincingly sincere cadence. Thanks, boss. Okay, I-, I didn't want to tell you this again, but feel free to stop right there. I know you don't have my money, Rousseau. Uh, I'm not surprised you do, sir, but I'm really sorry. Especially since it looks, since it looks like my sister is actually finding herself again thanks to you. That news brings me levity. I'll be sure to help her get back on her feet once her care is concluded. I mean, I could take care of that, boss. I appreciate it, but... Oh, I know, Figlio. But I can't let you leave this room. Wait, wait, wait. Bop, bop. Boss, please, just, just one more time. I'll do anything you want, please. My family's, my family's finally coming back together, Rizzo pleaded. Squelch the please. It's for your own good. But no, 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 no. I, I can still be in the family. I have given, I've given everything I have to this. To you. Don't associate my words with a lack of feeling, 
or immense sadness. This hurts me beyond whatever you could realize. How can I know that? DeLuca then raised his gun from below the table. If you deign challenge my words, you will not enter paradise in one piece. Just please tell me why after all I've done. I've never forgotten the day you found me in that damp, dirty corner outside. But you've been a father to me. You gave me a light to follow. Why are you closing me out now? You may be responsible, but you are reasonable, DeLuca sighs. You remember how I got this job? Yeah, boss. Your grandfather took you in and set you up here. No. He saved me. How so? When I was a boy, my parents fought every hour of every night my father came home from work. One night, though, when my father got tired of beating my mother, he, he barged into my room, dragging her by her hair. I sat on my bed, so still nothing in the world could get me to flinch. He tried to persuade me that that blood and bruising was power. I couldn't believe him. I neither did God. In response to my crisis, he summoned an angel. As my father spoke to, spoke to me, my godfather silenced him. My mother screamed out of shock, but I remained still. Fuck, that's, that's horrible. No, it was a miracle. Although my mother was too far gone at that point to take care of me. That's when my godfather offered me a seat at this round table. And I was betrothed to new purpose. You know what that is? Of course. The, the dignified man liberates the hopeless. You're bright, kiddo. Exactly. DeLuca smiled. You liberated me, boss. How could I not know it? No. You liberated yourself, Figlio. I was a light who showed you that you had that choice. You chose wisely. I, I couldn't have done it without you, sir. No one in the family could have. I'm just a man, Rousseau. A man who has to make the hard decisions. Wait, wait please, please, just let me make this up to you. I got the guns and you know I got the words. You have it all, kiddo. I'm so proud of you. DeLuca then shot Rizzo, causing him to fall out of his chair and onto the ground. He died instantly. You have it all, kiddo. I'll miss you. We all will. DeLuca swelled up in tears and carried Rizzo's body to another room. He placed him gently into a casket. Your soul is enduring light, Figlio. One that I shall follow forever. DeLuca then lit a match and lit the casket aflame. DeLuca then left the building and proceeded to walk home. The building gradually became consumed by the flames and glided gracefully into the night sky. It was the most beautiful light the city had ever seen. The end. You need to write a script or something. Why? <laughs> it's. I just feel like you are very good at storytelling. Thanks, man. I mean, I... I, I, I really appreciate that. I, I, I really, I, I'm I'm not perfect though. I because also, as you're as you're reading that, I could clearly picture it and visualize it. Well, I that means a lot to me, Nick. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I uh, yeah, I've. That actually was written in a span of 30 minutes during a Zoom call. <laughs> really? Yeah, I I forgot I had to write like a short story that day, and I was like, oh shit, I had this idea, but I have to just quickly write it. I have to ignore my my climate studies class. I just quickly wrote it in the middle of class. 
Admittedly, you did it. Well, thank you. I my main problem with it and myself is that I'm just like I I you know the saying artist theft. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like this isn't like a lot of characters are kind of cliche, like Godfathers and gangs yeah. and the, the talk is very very cliched but i tried to mm-hmm. this interaction is what i try to make more unique i've never really seen a of course you know like mob families they can be very tight they can be very close yeah but i never really i've never seen a scene like about a, a mob boss like being like this sad to off a normal or a seemingly one out of many type goon yeah it's usually pretty violent pretty violent very unemotional but I want to yeah. make one death feel like feel like a tragedy, at least a true tragedy in the in the genre. And if mm-hmm. that's you what pulled, I came across, you pulled it off. Well, thanks, man. That, that really does mean a lot. I I have plenty of other things you want me to keep going. I really do. Mainly poems, because that was like that 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 was like half of the semester just poems. God, but I take creative writing. I hope we don't have to do poems. Well, uh, maybe a teacher might be a little more. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say a little, <laughs> a little more uh, wide, <laughs> wide open minded. Let me write stories. Like, Come on, that's, yeah. that's all I want to do. Yeah, man. But okay, I'm. I'm just gonna name. I'm just gonna say like three of these. I think right. that's really all you gotta. Probably the. My, probably the best ones. Um, yep. All right. This one's called Noise Pulled Over. I recall the floods. The gentle breeze ebbs and flows. The manic comes with thuds. The manic panic comes with thuds. The skies, the skyways look busier tonight. Snowflakes, raindrops everywhere all the time. Look in the mirror. No visible fright. I dreamed once I flew over Jordan. A star caught my eye. My vision began to shorten. This year that abyss turns three, the brittle silence comforts. I like to think that it sets me free. Does one really do this right? Friends out having fun and forgetting. All the while, I'm not so bright. That one is about writing a poem. (laughs) Meta. Very meta, yeah. Because uh, I was very confused about how, like, what the, what the fuck I meant to do. That's why I said, does one really yeah. do this right? <laughs> that also can... Another line, which... The, the first line that came to me in my head was, this year that abyss turns three. That alludes to... That alludes to mental illness. <laughs> um, which one I will let the audience interpret, because... Personality well, number three. Yeah, <laughs> it's Ryan Gosling, <laughs> get next to next to Patrick Bateman and uh, and Joker. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I I just that was the first one I wrote, and I was I don't know. I just felt pretty good about it. Um, but yeah, okay. Let's see another one. All right, this one's a bit longer, but yeah, next one's gonna be actually really really wacky actually no i'll say i'll say this one instead this one i like a lot more mm-hmm. i have a gift for you shimmering snow tender gentle clouds the sun blankets the earth shimmering snow serenity commands the wind the flowers waned a little i have a gift for you shimmering snow 
Leaves travel thither, flames wither. The sun blankets the earth, shimmering snow. Problems not yet resolved, loose enough to dissolve. I have a gift for you, shimmering snow. Introverted shamrocks sleep. Small rocks find their home. The sun blankets the earth, shimmering snow. She felt good today. Crowd did no harm. I have a gift for you. The sun blanket in the earth, peppering snow. That's it. Not bad. Not bad, yeah. I uh, are the main. A lot of these poems were written like in the like frames of like forms. Like I think this one was like a. It's a very pretentious name. It's like a. It's like a quadrat, <laughs> something like that. It's basically you, you repeat the same, you repeat a line at least interchangeably. Interesting. Uh, it, me it means I went back and forth between the sun blankets, the earth, shimmering snow, or I have a gift for you, shimmering snow. That's why I kept saying it. It's just the, mm. it's just the form. But okay, this one, this one's funny. This one's called Asylum. All right, All right. <clears throat> buckle your fucking buck, buckle your seatbelt, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Hugh stood outside the barber today, waiting for his hair back. Been a while since he taught at that. Hey, great clips is just like that. The hair will grow back, along with the crab apples. Once they fall, they'll scream. What? Look, yeah. I lied. Q didn't go to the barber. He was at the clinic. He was waiting for his doctor to say goodbye. You see, he broke in through the window. That's that's why the doctor's there. Wait, no, it, it was the vent. He broke in through the vents. Dr. Radke, Park Nicolet. Been proud since the air met her. The fiendish animal drawings had eaten their popcorn. If you're still reading this, you're mad too. There you go. It's a good one. Yeah, it's that that was literally just the the I forgot what the form was like, but it was basically try and just loose barely connect anything you're saying. Basically it. <laughs> but okay. Uh yeah, that's I have a bunch of other ones, but no no, they're not really no. Those, those were your good ones. There's one more, I think, which might be... I like the title a lot more than the actual poem, but it's called Home for the Weekend. Okay. It goes, like, it's very short. Loud-ass dogs, proud-ass dogs. Cloud behind the tree, vowed to be still. Allowed to work in shrouded noise. Calls interrupted. That act would get a line. Lights dim. Another day done. That's it. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, yeah, not not too bad. Little little bland fish. Well, it doesn't really say very much. Yeah. But okay, yeah. yeah, that's that's the poem. I think that's the uh, one. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. That's probably <laughs> that's my favorite. And actually, take this up, ladies and gentlemen. In a week is a song written by Hosier. Garden, uh, you know, take me to church. I'll worship like a dog in the shrine of your light. That song. Uh, oh. He makes a lot of really good music. No, hang, hang on. It's not anything like that. It's a his style of music is very different compared to that song. It's a lot more acoustic and a lot more. I thought of that song. It's a lot more forever. raw. Well, now you just did. But Hosier is an amazing artist. Um, please listen to in a week. Um, it's a 
it's an amazing song. <laughs> just just do that when you get a chance, ladies and gentlemen. But okay, um, yeah, I think that's really all I really have to read. I mean, all I think that I think I'd want to share at least. Um, yeah. The show and tell. I little show and tell. It's story time. That's all. <laughs> okay, but on the note of that, maybe, maybe we know what we could do. We could look up some pretty either scary short stories or like really weird ones online. We can read them together. I don't know. All right. All right. I'll do scary short stories. So I was gonna say I didn't. I don't really have homework to share that much. It's fine. All right. I mean, except except for the the video that I'd sent you, but yeah, of course. But that's not really, they can't really consume that in the form of a podcast, sadly. No. But it's on YouTube, though, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's called The Night Shift, ladies and gentlemen. Please go watch that. My friend worked very hard on it. Please support him. He does amazing work. I'm very happy for him, man. Thank you. Of course. I'll let, I've been talking a lot, though. I'll let you pick the first story. Oh, boy. I got to find a website. I, I got like a little list of scary short stories pulled up, so I'm ready to go. No. I'm not prepared. Um Well, I just I just looked up short scary short stories. You can <laughs> <laughs> You can do it we can yeah. both do scary ones if you want. We can have a little spooky night now. Yeah, this one's called The Little Hands. I've never All lived right. in a haunted house, but my mother did as a as a teen. Other houses on her street had strange things going on, too. A few homes away from her, from her lived a family. One night, the daughter, the daughter went to bed with a bad headache. The next day, she was dead. She passed away from an aneurysm. After her funeral, the family went away to get their minds off the tragedy, and the father asked my uncle, my mom's brother, to check on their pets. My mom died. My mom and dad, who were dating at the time, went with them. My mother had heard there was a grand piano, and she wanted to play it. My dad was studying to be a veterinarian. After ending the house, my uncle and father were heading to the basement to see the animals, and my mother went to the piano on the ground floor. She was playing it when she felt something brush, brush her ankles. She thought a cat must have left her, the basement and walked past her. She kept playing, and then she felt it again. She looked under the piano and saw nothing. When she started again... She felt hands clasp her legs tightly. She dashed to the basement door, called my uncle and father, and waited for them. Back outside, my uncle could tell my mom was rattled and asked what was wrong. She told him what had happened, and he turned white. He told her the daughter who had died used to play a game with her father. When he played the piano, she'd crawl underneath, grab his ankles, and push his feet down onto the pedals. That's it. Oh, boy. Oh God! Okay, <laughs> set setting the bar high. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. Uh, also, when it comes to these, uh, feel free to also say your favorite of these two. We we just love to hear from you guys. That's all. But okay, this one is called "This New Old House." We bought an old house. My boyfriend and I. He's in charge of the new construction. Converting, converting the kitchen to the master, into, into the master bedroom, for instance, while I'm on wallpaper removal duty. 
The previous owner papered every wall and ceiling. Removing it was brutal, but oddly satisfying. The best feeling is getting a long peel, similar to your skin when you're peeling when you're peeling a sunburn. I don't know about you, but I kind of make a game of peeling on the hunt for the longest piece before it rips. Under a corner section of paper in every room is a person's name and date. Curiosity got the best of me one night when I googled one of the names and discovered the person was actually a missing person. The missing date matched the date under the wallpaper. The next day, I made a list of all the names and dates. Sure enough, each name was for a missing person with dates to match. We notified the police who naturally shot, who naturally sent out for the crime scene team. I overheard one tech say, yep, it's human. Human? What's human? Ma'am, where's the material you removed from the walls already? This isn't wallpaper you were removing. Ooh. That's that. Is it? Okay. It's, it's, it's skin. It's skin. Human skin. Kind of gnarly. Kind of icky. That's a little... That's a little weird. All right, that's that's uh, a little weird. <laughs> not natural. This is like a two-sentence horror story. It's... Okay. All right. <clears throat> All my life, my parents told me not to open the basement door. But I got curious and disobeyed them. What is that glowing ball in the sky? And why does it hurt my eyes? I, I, I think it's uh, might be a UFO. That's my you guess. I think it's the sun. Yeah. That's the sun, yeah. It's, that's, that's, uh, oh God. <laughs> oh boy. Well. Glad they got out. <laughs> All right. This next one's called, I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. Okay. I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. My parents constantly try to explain to me how sick he is. That I'm lucky for having a brain where all the chemicals flow properly to the destinations like undammed, di- like undammed rivers. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom likely far surpasses mine considering he's confined to a dark room in an institution. I always beg for them to give him one last chance. Of course, they did at first. Charlie has been back home several times, each shorter in duration than the last. Every time without fail, it all starts again. The neighborhood cats with with gouged out eyes showing up in his toy chest. My dad's razors found dropped all on the baby slide in the park across the street. Mama's vitamins replaced with bits of dishwater tablets. My parents are hesitant now, using last chances sparingly. They say, his, they say his disorder makes him charming. Makes it easy for him to fake normalcy. And to trick the doctors who care for him to, into thinking he is ready for rehabilitation. But I'll just have to put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to pretend to be good until he's back. That one's good. That that's good. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. This one right. is oh oh my god. This one's long. Um. Okay. This one's called Room Four. 
Fresh out of nursing school, I got my first real job in a fairly large hospital in a department that I honestly never thought I would ever work in. It was a six-bed cardiac ICU with rooms that overlooked the city's Capitol building. It was a very nice unit, and I started out working 12-hour night shifts. The hospital that I worked at had four ICUs that were always full, so my unit, so my unit always ended up being code bed. Meaning, if someone was arrested or went downhill fast, somewhere around the hospital, they came to us. I had been working there for a year, and I was no stranger to death. Each patient of mine who had died on my shift was usually already on their way out. Their families were by their side. The, DN the DNR order was signed. The funeral home was already picked out. It was rarely ever a surprise. In fact, the only time I was ever needed to do CPR on my shift, it was not even in my department. So I went on a nice long two-week vacation, got engaged, and had a beautiful tan. On my first night back, I received a report from, from the day change nurse. She said she was off for a few days and suggested to remind the next day charge nurse that the priest was coming in the morning to bless room four. I thought she was kidding at first, but she was serious. Apparently, while I was on vacation, every patient who was admitted to that room had died. But this came as no shock to me. People died often in our department, and it being a very religious institution, having a chaplain for almost every department, I just shook it off. Then she said that the room that room four was empty and that it would serve as code bed for the night. Around 2 a.m., I got a call saying that they have someone to fill our open bed. The ICU downstairs was now going to be code bed, so we were good. Getting, so we were getting your run-of-the-mill chest pain, take a look in the morning kind of patient, nothing to get excited about. We get the patient ad admitted and all settled in room four. He was a gentleman, about 50 or, so, 50 or so years old, very pleasant. His wife was with him, and she looked dead on her feet. I got her some warm blankets and took her to our waiting room that had cots so she could get some rest. Around 3.30, I was watching monitors and the cameras in each room. All the patients were fast asleep. Cameras all cycled through about three seconds each on one small TV we had on the desk. Room 1 was fine. Room 2 was fine. Room 3 was fine. Room 4? There was something in there. It cycled too quickly for me to get a good look, and the doors to the unit were locked. Maybe the other nurse let his wife back in? I walked down the hall and glanced inside. There was nobody. I shrugged it off. It was late. I was tired. I was probably just seeing things. I went back to the desk and continued watching the screens. Room 1, room 2, room 3, room 4. I was not imagining anything. There was someone in room 4. The person was standing in the corner by the window, their figure completely draped in shadow. I could not move my body. It cycled through again. This time it was closer to the patient's bed. By maybe two or three feet, the hairs stood straight up on my neck. The next time it cycled through, it was even closer. It stood in the light coming from the hallway, but despite the light, it was still shrouded in darkness. It cycled through again, and it was right next to the bed. My heart started pounding, and I could barely squeak to the nurse on the other end of the desk. As soon as my words formed and I was able to make some kind of noise to get her attention, the alarm on the monitor went off, signaling that the patient had cardiac arrested. The overhead system came on. A cart is needed in CC 
you have room for. People poured into the department. Doctors, nurses, pharmacists, respiratory therapists, they all rushed into the room, but I couldn't move. It cycled through the rooms again. Room four came up, and this time, the lights were on, and there were 10 to 15 people surrounding the bed doing CPR and slamming meds into his IV. Someone went to get his wife from the waiting room, but there it was, in the opposite corner again, a dark figure watching the, the scene play out, just standing there. The man died of a heart attack. Room four was blessed that morning, right on schedule, and I put in my two weeks' notice. Jesus. <laughs> It's like a short film. <laughs> oh, good lord. Okay. God, God, this website has a lot of long stories. What, what, what website are you on? Jezebel.com. I'm on scoopwoop.com. Oh, my God, there's a slender man story. You're going to have to read that next, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this one is called Oh my god, I'm not saying that one. Holy shit. This one's called Guardians. Um Okay. He awoke to it to the huge, insect like creatures looming over his bed and screamed his lungs out. They hastily left the room and stayed up all night, shaking and wondering if it had been a dream. Next morning, there was a tap on the door. Gathering his courage, he opened it to see one of them gently place a plate filled with fried breakfast on the floor then retreat to a safe distance. Bewildered, he accepted the gift. The creatures chittered excitedly. This happened every day for weeks. At first, he was worried that they were fattening him up. But after a particularly greasy breakfast left him clutching his chest from heartburn, they were replaced with fresh fruit, as well as, well as cooking. They poured hot steamy baths for him and even tucked him in when he went to bed. It was bizarre. One night, he awoke to gunshots and screaming. He raced downstairs to find a, de a decapitated burglar to being devoured by the insects. He was sickened, but disposed of the remains as best he could. He knew they had just been protecting him. One morning, the creatures wouldn't let him leave his room. He lay down, confused but trusting as they ushered him back into bed. Whatever their motives, they weren't going to hurt him. Hours later, a burning pain spread throughout his body. It felt as it felt like his stomach was filled with razor wire. The insects chittered as he spasmed and moaned. It was only when he felt the terrible squirming feeling beneath his skin that he realized the insects hadn't been protecting him. They had been protecting their young. Pretty fucked up. That sounds like a movie I've seen before. Yeah, me too. That's All gotta right. be a movie. What's the Slenderman story? Oh my god, this is like several paragraphs. Oh boy. All right. Oh, good lord. Well, we got all night. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it was near the end of high school, 2006-ish, fall in northern Wisconsin. Okay, that's a little terrifying because there was a real Slenderman stabbing in Wisconsin. Yeah, um, that has to be deliberate. Uh-oh. Okay, where are we going with this? Good lord. Perfect, perfect stomping around town weather. One Friday after school, I was over at my on-and-off high school boyfriend Jay's house playing video games or whatever. Around 7pm, we typically would meet up with our whole crew at a local restaurant. 
but we still but we still had several hours to kill. We were getting bored, and it was so lovely out. So Jay suggested we go off, go walk the train tracks on the west side of town. The town had been built up so much since then, but at the time, there was only a fleet farm and a small burger joint near the tracks, and that was it. Miles of woods on each side surrounded the tracks, as it was the perfect weather, and that doesn't last long in Wisconsin. I agreed, and we jumped in his car and drove across town. We parked his little car on the side of the burger joint. At this point, it's late afternoon, about dusk sun about to set. We hop out of the car, walk about a block where the train tracks cross the street, hook a right down the tracks through the woods. That area didn't get as many trains going through as a different set of tracks in town, and there was also plenty of space to the left and right of the tracks into the woods if a train did approach. It seemed safe. You could see maybe a mile in each direction if a train was coming, and to each side, just tall pines. We're walking down, balancing on tracks, jumping over stuff, whatever, for maybe five to ten minutes. Up ahead of us, we could see a few boxcars off to the side of the tracks. As we approached them, we could see there was two boxcars attached to each other, maybe another 10 to 20 feet, and then a single boxcar behind them. I got the heebie-jeebies as we, <laughs> as we approached the boxcars, but they, but they were both shut. So as we peeked around on them, climbed up, etc., they were less menacing. Cool. We keep walking. Sun is now down, and it's twilight. Quiet. We are both looking down as we walk past the boxcars, balancing and such. We get past them, maybe another length of, the box, of a boxcar, when I just had the sense to look up. That's when I see it. I stop short. I swear the hair on my arm stood up, and, and suddenly I felt like a prey animal that had been spotted. Jay, what's, what's that up there? There's someone on the tracks. He stood and looked up. Well, it looked like maybe half a mile to a mile down the tracks. <clears throat> Standing directly in the middle of them was the shape of a person, or what I thought was. But for how far away it was, the figure was unnaturally tall, standing stiff, still, arms at sides, and with what looked like the shape of a bowler hat or something. I can, I can still picture it. Now, Jay doesn't mess around with ghost stories and alien tales. He's a non-believer, but he saw it too. Uh, we need to go, he said. He grabbed my hand and spinned me back to the direction we came from. We were walking very briskly. But if you have ever been on train tracks, you know it's all rocks and pebbles, so it's a little rough. Almost a minute passed. My heart was pounding. I looked back over my shoulder. This person, who originally was about a mile away, was so much closer. So much closer. It's like he suddenly jumped half the distance between where he originally was to where we were. But still... The same sickeningly tall, featureless shadow with a hat standing still, arms to sides, stood in the middle of the tracks. Jay, I screamed, making him whip his head around. I've never seen this guy scared. He grabbed my hand tighter and broke off into a sprint. Jay is about six feet, and I'm 5'4", so his stride is a bit longer than mine. A couple of years ago, or a couple of years prior, I recovered from a fractured knee and femur. 
and it's com it's common knowledge I cannot run. If you've ever seen the cartoons with someone running and the other person is kind of flapping behind the runner, held by the hand, that's what I look like. He took off. My legs moved, and, but my toes barely skimmed the tracks. We ran past the boxcars off to the side, and as we're about to get past the two that are hooked together, I stole one more frantic look over my shoulder. There he was, one boxcar away. Same weird proportions, like a dark, opaque shadow. I swear my eyes bugged out of my head, and my body and adrenaline was saying, get me out of here. I forced my legs down and pushed my own damn self into a run. We plowed forward, no glances back, hooked back into, into the street and frantically fumbled our way back into his car, slamming and locking the doors behind us. I remember both of us sitting there, panting, staring forward for a good moment or two until we snapped back into it. The sun went down and nothing could be seen towards the tracks. We went to our hangout with the crew at seven, chomping, chomping at the bit to tell everyone what happened. No one believed us or cared. Really, I told my dad later on. And he said so many people died building the railroad. It was, pop it was probably a ghost. Fast forward to maybe 2011-ish. I'm in college. Jay and I break up and don't keep in touch. I get a text from him out of the blue, a link to that Slender Man game. I remember sitting in my dorm with a chill as I watched the preview and felt sick to my stomach. How he only moves toward you when you aren't looking and is frozen staring at you when you look back. Ugh. I read the Wikipedia page and creepypasta. I know all of that stuff is made up, but the similarity to what we experienced freaked me out. Present day. I looked up I looked up the chunk of railroad where it went down in my hometown of Google Maps. It's more it's much more developed with the shopping and housing around, but there's still a little stretch surrounded by trees, which is the one we walked down. I'm going back for Thanksgiving and was thinking about taking a jaunt to the tracks, but reading all these spooky stories made me change my mind. Just in case it is some entity, I don't want to take it back with me. Oh, good lord! Well, not Thank, bad written. Thankfully, it was. Thankfully, it wasn't the stabbing. Thank God, yeah, it was actually something original. At least, well, yeah, I'm sure it's a little like other Slenderman stories, but at least it's not based off any true tragedies, or at least like, yeah. too closely connected. But okay. So this next one is called "They Got the Definition Wrong." It has been said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. I understand the sentiment behind the saying, but it's wrong. I entered the building on a bet. I was scraped for cash and didn't buy into the old legends of the hotel to begin with. So 50 bucks was more than enough to get me to do it. It was simple. Just reach the top floor, the 45th floor. Shine my flashlight from a window and, shine my, and make sure they saw me. The hotel was old and broken, including the elevator. So that meant hiking up the stairs. So up the stairs I went. As I reached each platform, I noted the old brass plaques displaying the floor numbers 
15, 16, 17, 18. I felt a little tired as I crept higher. But so far, no ghosts, no cannibals, no demons. Piece of cake. I can't tell you how happy I was as I entered the last stretch of numbers. I joyfully counted them aloud on each platform. 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 44? I stopped and looked back at the stairs. I must have miscounted. So I continued up. 44. One more flight. 44. Then down 10 flights. 44. 15 flights. 44. And so it's been for as long as I can remember. So really, insanity isn't doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting different results. It's knowing that the results will never change. That each door leads to the, leads to the same staircase, to the same number. It's realizing you no longer fall asleep. It's not knowing whether you've been running for days or weeks or years. It's when the sobbing slowly turns into laughter. Talk about a Joker story, shit. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, this one is called the photo. Every summer, my wife's family spends two weeks at a lakeside cabin that they share with other members of the extended family. The cabin was built by my wife's grandfather and sits at the end of a dead-end road. Beyond the street's end is a a dense, wooded area. I've only ventured back there one time, where we found an old abandoned cabin. The family cabin has just two bedrooms, the kitchen and a living room slash dining room make make an L shape that wrap around the bedrooms. That's bad grammar. Um, bordering two sides of the cabin. The living room slash dining room has a screen door on each end, one leading to the lake at the front and the other to the driveway in the back. The exterior walls of the living room has windows end to end. As you can imagine, the two bedrooms get crowded quickly when adult children and their families are all staying there at the same time. I have sleep issues, including insomnia and sleep apnea. I stopped using the CPAP because having my mouth and nose covered gave me panic attacks. Probably the only sleep issue I've never had is sleepwalking. One night at the cabin, I was tossing and turning and decided to go to sleep on the couch in the living room slash dining room so my restlessness and snoring wouldn't bother the other three people in bed. It was already after dark, so I left the wall of windows uncovered. I scrolled through my phone until I felt tired enough to fall asleep. The next day, we were all enjoying the lake, and I took several photos on my phone. Later, I was going through my photos, and I noticed one I didn't recognize. I opened it and found a photo that appeared to have been taken in the dark with a flash. There was a mayfly illuminated by the flash. Then, I saw it. Behind the mayfly was a glimpse of my car's driver's side mirror and part of the driver's door window. It had been taken at 1.42 a.m., the night before. My car was parked directly outside the wall of windows where I had been sleeping. Ew. So she does sleepwalk. Yeah. Well, ain't that the... Yeah, I don't... I can't even... Yeah, no, that just sucks. That sucks, bro. <laughs> That really sucks. <laughs> All right. 
So this next story is called There's No Reason to Be Afraid. When my sister Betsy and I were kids, our family lived for a while in a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring its dusty corners and climbing the apple tree in the backyard. But our favorite thing was the ghost. We called our mother, because she seemed so kind and nurturing. Some mornings, Betsy and I would wake up, and on each of our nightstands, we'd find a cup that hadn't been there the night before. Mother had left them there, worried that we'd get thirsty during the night. She just wanted to take, she just wanted to take care of us. Among the house's original furnishings was an antique wooden chair, which we kept against the back wall of the living room. Whenever we were preoccupied, watching TV or playing a game, Mother would inch that chair forward, across the room, towards us. Sometimes she'd manage to move it all the way, all the way to the center of the room. We always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us. Years later, long after we moved out, found an old newspaper article about the farmhouse's original occupant, a widow. She'd murdered her two children by giving them each a cup of poison milk before bed. Then she hung herself. The article included a photo of the farmhouse's living room, with a woman's body hanging from the beam. Beneath her knocked over was the old wooden chair, placed exactly in the center of the room. Sounds like a conjuring story a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, give me another um, one. I'm trying to find something that isn't overly long. Good, good luck with that, bro. Okay. A young teen is babysitting for a family that is very, very wealthy in a large mansion filled with a huge number of rooms and a vast number of interesting antiques and artifacts. Strangely, though, the father mentions to the girl that once the children are put to sleep for the night, the girl should spend should only go to the basement and not spend her time in any other rooms of the house. She could watch television down there and be free to do anything else in the basement, but the rest of the house was off limits. She goes to the basement once the children are in bed, but quickly notices a large clown statue in the corner of the room. It appears to be staring at her. She continues to watch her show, but can't shake the feeling that the statue is following her around the room with its eyes. She puts a blanket over the statue eventually in an effort to make herself feel more comfortable, and then telephones the father of the children to ask if she can go and move to another room of the house because she's so freaked out by the clown. You need to leave now. We don't own a clown statue. The children have been telling us they've been seeing a clown in their room at night, and we thought they were having nightmares. Take the children and get out. The young girl hangs up the phone, terrified. She turns around, but the statue is gone, leaving behind only the blankets on the floor. All right. I also love how we give like one word or one sentence answers to each of these stories. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot, and they're all really cool. Um, I'm not sure how many how much more I want to do this though, but like, uh, yeah, it this... is ten o'clock at night. It is. Uh, maybe we can do like a couple more. How about that? All right. All right. This one's called "Next Time You'll Know Better." Have you ever walked into a room and found a vampire? 
Nah, not the sexy kind, but a foul creature with bony limbs and ashen, and ashen skin. Yeah, freaking Twilight, bro. Uh, the kind that the kind that snarls as you enter, like a beast about to pounce. The kind that roots you to the spot with its sunken, hypnotic eyes, rendering you unable to flee as you watch the hideous thing uncoil from the shadows. Has your heart started racing through your leg, through your legs? Refuse. Oh, has your heart started racing though your legs refuse to? Have you felt time slow as the creature crosses the room in the darkness of a blink? Have you shuddered with fear when it places one claw hand atop your head and one under your chin so it can tilt you, exposing your neck? Have you squirmed as its rough, dry tongue slides down your cheek, over your jaw, to your throat, in a slithering search that's seeking your artery? Have you felt its hot breath release its hiss against your skin where when it, when it probes your pulse? The flow that leads your brain has its tongue rested there, throbbing slightly as if savoring the moment. If you then experience a sinking, sucking blackness as you discover that not all the vampires feed on blood, some feed on memories. Have you? Maybe not. But let me rephrase the question. Have you ever walked into a room and suddenly forgotten why you came in? I just like to consider that as God canceling my action in Sims. I don't know about you. <laughs> don't think I like to that's imagine. A, that's a that's a terrifying end line. Yeah, right. Oh, good lord. Okay. Um. A couple lived with their only son in a house on the outskirts of the city of Spain. Wait, Spain's a country. <laughs> okay. Um, well, not everyone's the, the brightest. <laughs> the boy's room had an old television, which he would ask to be covered with a cloth every night as he went to sleep. One day, the father asked the boy why he wanted the TV covered at night. The boy said, because that's where they come from. The parents ignored the comment, thinking it was his imagination. One night, the parents had to go out, so they hired a babysitter to stay with their son. When they returned late at night, they found the babysitter sitting outside the, ho the home, mumbling. They took him away. Confused parents rushed into the boy's room and found that the television cover was off, and the boy was gone. Okay, all right. Someone's definitely seen The Ring. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think I only got like one more left in me. All right. Yeah, I got nothing else. All right, let's see. End it with a bang. Let's see here. Let's see if I can. Hmm. All right. Uh, something's a little long. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, I think, think I'll do. I want to have one at least hello of finality. Okay, here we go. My favorite support group. Look, 
I'll be the first to admit I'm a complete bastard. I'm also lazy. I'm only here to find the idiot, because there's almost always an idiot. This support group is pretty typical. We connected online, decided on a quiet place, and now we're all sitting cross-legged in a circle. Real kumbaya crap. Jerome takes the lead, pouring everyone a cup of tea as he starts talking. I'm Jerome. You can drink your tea, but only after explaining why you're here. I'll start. Jerome tells us he's never been loved. I can see why. The guy's ugly as sin. He sips his tea while the mousy chick speaks next. Mayu, she says. My parents. Short and sweet. No blubbering. Gotta admire Mayu. She's probably not the idiot. Next to talk are a, are a legless veteran, a broke businessman, a needle track junkie, and a diseased old crone. Then it's my turn. I am an ass. Everyone hates me. I take a loud, annoying slip of oolong as the fat kid with the black eye goes next, telling us his boring fat kid sob story. Afterwards, we're all sitting quietly when Jerome kneels over. Then Mia's eyes roll back and she slumps forward. Only the fat kid reacts. What's happening? He whines. I thought this was a suicide support group. Found the idiot. It is, I say, spitting out my mouthful of tea. They support it. No one wants to die alone, kid. Oh, how oh how ghost whitey turns, looking to his cup. I love it. These suicide meetups are sadist dream. And never and ne and I never have to lift a finger. <laughs> Told you I'm a lazy bastard. I dig the I dig the way that this one's written. <laughs> Lends me a, a little bit of holding a little bit, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. A little bit. A little more self-aware, though. Bit. Yeah. All right. I think if we get one more from you, then I think maybe we can decide what to do next. <laughs> okay. The first hotel to have more than 13 floors had a huge Halloween party to celebrate its opening. Before, it was a maze, decorated with cowards and their Halloween decorations. There were lots of people dressed up as ghosts and words. An exciting prize was hidden on the top floor, and the first person to reach the prize was winning it. Jack. And Sophia were two of the party doors. They worked their way easily through the maze on the first floor, a few floors, and through the building. The hallways on each floor got darker and scarier. When they got to the 12th floor, Jack and Sophia heard a bloody curdling scream. As they made their way through the maze, they heard more screams and cries for help. Finally, in the lobby by the elevators, they saw blood dripping from the ceiling. The elevator dinged, and the door slowly opened. Which was strange, because every other time they used the elevator, the doors had been quick and smooth. The light in the elevator was flickering as they stepped in, and as the doors began to close, the lights went out completely. And then, 
screamed so loud the entire building heard them begin to ring out. At first, the partygoers throughout. At first, the partygoers thought it was part of the scary Halloween theme, but then the owners of the building turn on all the lights and ask everyone to return to the lobby. But when people tried to use the elevator, it never came. The bell would ding, but the doors wouldn't open, and they were all forced to use the stairs. Down the lobby, the building owners explained they had not played the sounds of the screamed screams, and as they check, did a check of everyone who had come back, they realized Jack and Sophia had not returned. Just then, the doors to the elevator opened. It was empty, except for Jack's watch, one of Sophia's shoes, and a pool of blood. Jack and Sophia were never seen again, and the building owners took away the button for the 13th floor so nobody would disappear there again. That's a pretty good one to end things off on, ain't it? <laughs> it's pretty uh, alarming. Yeah, okay. So, on that note, uh, I don't feel like sending this off on a downer because, <laughs> well, that sucks. So instead I'll yeah. say this. Um... Last ep- the last time we tried to record this episode, we talked a little bit about um, the value of simple conversation. Mm-hmm. And to me, just kind of some of my... So I don't go into another fucking un- un- <laughs> inaudible tangent. I'm just going to say that <laughs> to me, this civil conversation is... It's a convenient and lovely bridge to other people's lives. It's a... It's as if you're like a fly in the wall for a brief second, or you get the opportunity to stick around. Through having these, through having guys here, I mean, I like to think that, Nick, you and I, we've probably never been more ourselves. And it'd mean the world to us if if you guys would agree with us that these podcasts, I mean, it's, it's a conversation, not just between us, but Hopefully it's between it's also between us and you as well. Grand, yes, you cannot speak with us, and the ways you can do so are limited to what Spotify allows, but you're here nonetheless. I'm not sure if that means you connected with something we talked about or you're just a college student like us, a kid in high school, uh, a grown adult working a nine to five or whatever. Wherever you are, wherever you are right now. The impact you have on people around you is a lot larger than you realize. And we are so lucky to have you here. Everyone is lucky to have you on this earth. It truly wouldn't be the same if you weren't here. Yeah, we have our problems like with recording and with with school, but at the end of the week, or at least in this case, at the beginning of the week, (laughs) you all... I think Nick and I, we, you can agree with me on this, but you guys make it all seem a lot easier, knowing that at the end of at the end of the tunnel of tests and mm-hmm. projects, I get to come back here and I can say, I can realize that I have a friend here, an amazing friend who cares about my thoughts and my my story, and vice versa with him, with me to him, and that and that some of this planet does too with you. 
And that's the art of the conversation. That's the art of the conversation. On that note, I think though this episode has been a little over the place, I think this one was pretty fun. I enjoyed reading the stories. I really appreciate your feedback. And as for the viewers, I would love to have you guys also tell me what you think of not just my own stuff, but also the stuff you read today. Which are the which one of my stories or poems or whatever, and which one of these horror stories caught caught your eye? What like what about them was interesting? What about them would you th- would you think it was weird or a little pretentious? Maybe I don't know. That's in the eyes of the beholder. I mean, That's horror is always a lot of fun. It is, and when it comes to writing poems and in this case lyric essays, you have to. You have to dance on a very thin line, at least with me, I have to dance on a very thin line between seeming authentic or seeming a little art- artistic for the sake of being artistic. Or pretentious. Or pretentious, yes. <laughs> but hopefully, as we keep going, I get better at better at balancing. And as we keep living, be, and as we keep yeah, going... Maybe, maybe, maybe you should be a writer. I'm going to try and maybe do some more writing stuff next semester. I'm going to just try and focus more on English and... Try home my skills Ooh, more there because journalism, that's, journalism that's kinda, maybe. I can go back. I did take a journalism class for a semester, and I did like that a lot. I just, man, I fucked myself this semester. <laughs> I'll say that I heavily did. But you know, you guys can help me feel it's a little better over. by, yeah, it is. It is almost over. But just let me know what you think, guys. Uh, again, Nick, thank you so much for your feedback. I every time I get. A wonderful compliment like you gave me today i always it sticks with me man and i'm gonna have an appointment with my advisor coming up to sign my next classes for next semester mm-hmm. I'll, I'll keep this in mind yeah definitely and... continue if there's like a getting if there's like an advanced creative writing definitely go for it of course and be sure to check out my friend my friend here is his his little uh little project the night shift and Make sure to give him some love there too, alongside keep it out for all his other pro- projects coming out because he's got a lot in the way. Lot yeah, there should about. be one. There, there should be one other one coming this week, maybe. Yo, I think we both can agree that we got a lot of good stuff coming. Yep. And we go are so to, excited. Go to sventech.org. <laughs> and tune in next time, folks. Thank you so much for stopping by. Stay safe. Love you all. See ya.